grand raising everyone. I like minty lives, spirit and coffee. Got my coffee here, yum. Oh, so yum. So good. All right, well, let's get started. Let's see, took some time off. I think Wednesday, Thursday. I don't even remember. <laughs> All right, um, but let's see what we got going. So reading from the Emerald Tablet, Alchemy for Personal Transformation. We'll see if we stay, if I stay, if we. Well, I will say we because as you guys chime in, I will change subjects and topics as you guys ask questions or have things to say. Um, and we'll see if we can stay on topic. Okay, so um, we were on the Emerald Tablet, the Elements in Heaven. Um, and so I will just continue reading, which is page 104. Um, surprisingly, it is... At the fringes of modern culture where the truly divine can still be found for the most part organized religions and governments policies come between man and the divine but for the aborigines american uh, native american indigenous people around the world god is still closely by his signature within matter and nature itself now here's the cool thing they um good morning to whoever's on um facebook say good morning i don't know who's on here um but as we are as I was talking, um, and we say as in nature itself, we are now looking at to nature again, even science is doing this and starting to see that, you know, we things can't just be explained through science and they're trying to come up with theories, trying to understand, but they find in nature that everything's interconnected. Um, and because of that, there is this very delicate interwoven connection between us and the universe. And it's delicate, um, believe it or not. And we've been very fortunate as a species to have lived as long as we have to be able to be uh, have created what we've created. Um, but now we've just kind of misused that in, you know, now in history. We are um, taking, we are not doing what we should be. Good morning, American uh, Christian. Good morning. I don't, I don't know, VR, VR or whatever it is. Um, VRV, <laughs> fun, looks like fun. Okay. So nature, right, itself. And we've had this beautiful thing. Now we're at this really big, huge, it's a monumental uh, time in history for us as humans because we uh, have, <laughs> we've sort of screwed things up for ourselves and for other species, really. Um, and it's because of the current systems that we're living under. And unless we change our systems and structures, um, we will probably be extinct as a species if we don't get our acts together. Um, and other species are actually dying off as well, which is, you know, as a result of our behavior. So we haven't, I can say that we, we haven't and we have um, cared about nature. Um, certain tribes still do. Uh, but I will say that the Western world um, and the Western mindset is that we have dominion over everything. We don't. We're interconnected. We're not above. We're not the top. And because of that thinking, um, we have specifically, hey, Freedom, um, made a, a mess of this world. Now, there is a way to undo that. And, you know, we see it. It's funny because I don't watch the news and everything, but you know, I have a roommate who's really into like 
what's going on in the world and all this stuff. I don't have to because as within, so without, right? If you understand yourself, you understand spiritual alchemy, you'll understand how the world is operating without having to watch the news. And and you'll have some more insight into these bigger, bigger, the macrocosm, basically. You'll understand how the macrocosm has an impact on the microcosm and vice versa. So the timely, the, the, the speech is almost like people will be like, well, it's like prophecy and it's not prophecy. You're just basically understanding the patterning that's happening based on the internal and external world. Now we see that people are confused. People don't know where to go from here. And it's because we're under a system that doesn't allow for us to change. And people are fighting within that system. And then people are saying, well, I'm going to get out of that system, but still be a part of that system. No, we're, we're recreating the same exact system. So nothing's going to heal. In order to heal, we have to take down the systems completely and redesign them. That takes creative action. That takes an understanding of the alchemic process. That takes um, a huge amount of people um, contributing, not just a few, not just one or two, not just, oh, I have all the answers. That's not true. Nobody does. And in fact, everybody's trying to figure out what to do next. And there's everybody's lost, right? And I've talked about this. People are looking to different people for information on, well, how do we move forward? Are we too far gone? And we could be. That's that's the reality of it. It's kind of like I was talking about the liver. Our livers are amazing, right? And so is the earth. The earth is the same thing. It'll heal itself. It'll reconstruct itself. But, okay, if we continue, right, to do this, we literally have taken the planet and it's almost like we've gone so far over the edge that there may be no return, that it may be too far gone. In other words, and go read about this, um, we, they're saying, our scientists are saying, that we're in the sixth mass extinction known to man. The sixth mass extinction. Now, that people don't know what that's like to go through. We don't know what it's like. Humans, at least historically on record, have never been through a mass extinction. Now, people don't realize what a mass extinction is. Because you say mass extinction and they're like, oh, we, there's been species that are extinct. No, a mass extinction means a huge amount of, of um, and they said it was not amphibians. Um, can't remember what the species is that's going extinct completely. But see, the ecosystem and our biosphere is very dependent upon all of these creatures so that we live in harmony. They do certain things. They have different functions, certain functions, right? And so... Um, without that, it is it could cause a huge detriment to the biosphere, the atmosphere, the all that fear sphere, and we ourselves are a part of that. We we're interconnected. We we're not above it. You know, if oxygen was taken away, we're dead. We're gone. See. So, and um, it looks like American Christian uh, left. The word of God is the answer. Yeah, you can find some answers in there. If you look in the in the Bible, but not all the answers are there about the biosphere and science either. You got to understand that at the time they were using the language that they knew how to, you know, operate with to discuss what was happening during the time. And they were scribes that wrote the Bible. Okay, it wasn't God himself wrote the Bible. It was man that listened to what they felt was the word of God. 
Now it's going to get wonky because people that are under the religious umbrella becomes very hard to hear new information. And this is part of the issue. We need both to be able to communicate to each other, science and religion, which is what happened. So let's talk about alchemy. When, when alchemists start to wake up and we see a new generation of alchemists, um, we start to see things will shift and change and we get shut up for our alchemy. Alchemy had to be hidden. So if we go back historically, we'll see that the alchemists um, were, <laughs> they would get in trouble. And, and a lot of it is because they went into the science, right? They wanted to start doing the science-based stuff where you had the religious people not very happy about that because it would unveil some of the misconceptions of what the religious people were saying. This is hard for a lot of religious people to hear. It's not an easy topic, but also on the same spectrum, the science people went so far left that they forgot about spirit. And they said, oh no, it has to be provable. It has to be scientific. No, we need both. That's, it's the end of, <laughs> you can't deny it. So, you know, when people say, you know, the word of God, okay, yes. But what word are we talking about? Is it the word of science? Because those are words of God speaking to us. Nature itself has a code coded message from God. Not just human minds and scribes. <laughs> Nature itself is communicating to us and it's telling us to wake the hell up. The science most people believe in is only narrative created by the highest bidder. Um, yeah, go tell me a little bit more what you mean by that. Let's go go a little further. I don't want to make up what you're saying. So the scientific world, um, you know, there's the it's cool because we're starting to recognize that we're all interconnected and we should have known this before, but separation is what happened. Now here's a cool thing that I've been kind of contemplating and sitting on. And, I, you know, I was talking to my professor um, and we were talking about quantum physics and, and, and classical physics. And I've been, I've nerded out to that ages ago. Now, I don't know the mathematics behind it. <laughs> I could have went into physics, I guess, um, if I had wanted to, but I don't. Um, but I used to read about it. And this is when quantum theory was just brand new. Nobody really understood it. And I was reading books on it, right? And I couldn't really understand, like, I knew there was a difference and I knew that elementary particles didn't behave the way that particles do or matter does and didn't really understand the distinction. Well, there's this new concept called quantum um, gravity, okay, quantum gravity. Now, quantum gravity, they don't know how it operates because, and I asked him, I said, oh, I get it. Now I get where the, the difference comes from is the issue that gravity itself doesn't play the same role as gravity in the quantum realm. And he said, exactly. And for me, I said, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. But why are we using gravity? That was a very Newtonian thing to do, right? Because he said, oh, there's gravity. There was, what about electromagnetic magnetism and magnetism itself? You see, we don't have the answers. These are theories. And as we know more, we know we don't know that we don't know. And so we continue to go down the rabbit hole.
But what we're finding or what scientists are finding is that everything is interconnected. Well, we knew this. We had native cultures and ancient cultures telling us that everything's interconnected. The yin yang, right, is tells us that in darkness, light's there and in light, there's darkness. So the darkness being the peace that we've taken out of everything. Okay. Which is, which is the problem here. We equate darkness with something scary, but we were born out of darkness. If we looked at it scientifically, that's where we came from was the darkness. Creativity lives in the darkness. And then we had this other sort of discussion and this discussion went something like this. A, a student said, said, oh, okay, I get it. I see it almost like a typewriter with a white page and then we're you know imprinting the text on the page and that's what we're seeing when light spectrum comes and i said i don't think so that's incorrect i said what i think is happening is that there's a black page and light is is, is illuminating the pieces of the darkness or what's in that darkness and so it's the opposite the creativity exists within the darkness and the light just shows the shows what's there illuminates what's there now here's the deal there's more darkness than there is light so maybe we're illuminating back into darkness because if we took a flashlight and this is something that just was going through my mind i'm just pondering this right if we took a flashlight in a dark space like and we shine it into outer space we don't see the light it it, it dissipates back into darkness and we talk about illumination as though we're going into the light. No, maybe we're illuminating back into darkness, which is that creative potential to be reborn into something new. You see, if you looked at alchemy and you understood alchemy and you understand the process and now you understand science, you bridge the gap, you can see that both are interconnected. We have dishonored the darkness for so long. People think darkness and they think evil. That is not what darkness is. We came out of the dark womb. Our mother, we were not in light. We were in darkness. We were in the womb for nine months. And we were just perfectly fine in there. There was nothing scary. Everything, our needs were met. We didn't have to do much. In fact, we're trying to go back into the darkness, believe it or not. We think we're not, but we are. We all want to go back to the womb where everything was nice and cozy and everything was taken care of. We didn't have to do jack shit, really. We were just growing in there, right? The umbilical cord, we were getting all the nutrients, we need everything like that. And then we came out of the darkness into the light. And guess what? When we came into the light, were we happy about it? Not necessarily. We came out crying, most of us. <sighs> we didn't come out saying, yay, we made it. We were like, what? Put me back. I don't want to be here. I mean, we are being lied to about real science. Okay. Ether was spelled correctly for my use. We have to go older literature, most hidden now. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry for this popping. Everything made more sense before they debunked ether. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway... If you want to send me information of what you're talking about, because literally when you when it comes to science, what the ether was was wave particles, was the wave that which held um, light 
is what they, that's when they named or coined the term. So you can send me something that says otherwise and I'll read it, okay? If that's something you're interested in and I always like to look at things, right? I am not, I'm an alchemist. So if, as a spiritual alchemist, I don't just say, oh no, this is the right way. No, there's all different ways to look at one thing. And that's why we keep our mind open. So when we're looking at the darkness and we're looking at it, how do we utilize it? Well, that's where creative potential exists. And so I asked my professor and he said, well, this really isn't a class of science. Well, I have a lot of questions. I'm sure to talk to scientists that's actually working with dark matter. They don't know dark matter. They don't understand it. Um, they don't understand all of that stuff. And guess what? There's more dark matter, dark energy than there is light. And we know nothing about it. Why? Because we're afraid. We're afraid of what's in the dark. What's going to be illuminated if we shine the light in the darkness? What What are we going to find there? Scary, right? <laughs> well, if you think about us, we come out as a human out of the darkness, right? Or you can even think about a butterfly. The butterfly comes out anew. It goes back into its cocoon, into the darkness to reshape itself, to be a creative potential energy. So I told that the student, my peer, I should say peer, um, yeah, I don't think it's a white paper being imprinted. I think it's the opposite. I think it's a, a black backdrop and the light illuminates what's in that darkness. And we see that. And so how do we know that the darkness isn't shaping, right, what the light is actually projecting? How am I afraid of me? <laughs> so people are afraid of darkness because they equate it with something evil. And this is the issue. That is the problem. There's nothing scary about the darkness. When you, when you understand how to look, think about someone who's blind. Someone who's blind, who can't see, right? And there's maybe nothing but darkness they can feel what's going on but are they afraid no you see blind people all day okay you see blind people all day yeah if you look for it send it to spirit and brew at gmail.com that's my email spirit and brew um because um and then if you send me your email which i think i did i sent you guys an email we said we were going to put a group together and i sent an email no one responded so i think i have your email but um you uh i'll send you the scientific papers so that you can look at them if you're interested hey poetic how are you um so illuminating into darkness so understanding how that works and operates through the quantum realm or how we say uh quantum physics which is different and so it, it's hard to get people to here's what we have we have this very big separation of individuals we have the ones who are extreme religious this is the way and then we have extreme science this is the way and we then we have people that are kind of in the gray area and in between and what we we get to do is to look at what what historically were they trying to tell us right because they only used the words that they had and the language they had during that time to explain the phenomena that they were seeing right and i'm only saying this because somebody said it's the word of god that's gonna save us and all this well what is the word who scribed the word you know we go into these questions religious people get very upset right or they might they may or may not 
But if someone's a very extreme religious person and can't see past that or can't even open their mind to new ways of seeing the world, it's going to be very difficult to have a conversation with those individuals. Now, science is different a little bit. And here's where we have the opportunity to work with and reintegrate spiritual or essence or however you want to call it back into science because they're looking at quantum physics and going, we don't know what's going on. We expected gravity to have the same impact in the quantum world that it has in the the material world, and it doesn't. It doesn't add up. And so the mathematics don't make sense. And they're trying to figure out, well, what is it? Well, maybe why don't you throw out the theory of gravity altogether? Okay, maybe gravity wasn't the right way to look at it or the correct way. Um, You say that to a scientist and they'll say you're crazy. Okay, that's what they're going to (laughs) say. You're crazy. What are you talking about? I think my professor was like, "Uh, uh, oh, well, yeah, that's tell that to the, the, you know, what I had to say is I tell it to them and I go, exactly. I, I, I don't know, but these are questions that I ponder, right? Like if you're looking at when Einstein came out with his theory, right, of relativity, they thought he was a whack job and nobody accepted his theories. It wasn't like they embraced him and said, yay, Einstein, you're a badass. Let's go. They looked at him and said, you're an idiot. Shut up. Um, because they wanted to be right. And he said, you know what? Nope, we're not. So with quantum theory, and I don't know if you guys know about classical physics and how it works and the theory of relativity. Um, And I'm going to try to do my best to explain it. But really what uh, they were saying in the Newtonian way is that there was absolute time and absolute space. And and Einstein said, no, there's no such thing as absolute. It's relative. So there's absolute time space, which together they operate together in four dimensions. So right now, people talk about dimensions, right? We talk about dimensions as, oh, I'm going to go to the fifth dimension, the sixth dimension, the this dimension. Well, first of all, do you understand what four dimensions are? What does that mean? It came because of Einstein's um, theory of relativity. That's where four dimensions came from. So we were kind of seeing life through a two-dimensional space or three dimensions. So. The interesting thing about this in the science is that the time is is actually measured different from the space, right, and distance. So we have all of these measurements for space, but we only have this different measurement for time and relativity. So the, the, the theory of relativity is that time is relative based on where you're at. So time is going to be experienced differently if you're in different locations, if you're looking at it from a different perspective, if you're higher up or lower down. It's not the same for everybody. Okay. So, uh, no, ether was not actually, did not, was not Einstein. It was actually Newton who did that, I believe. I'll send you the information just so that you're clear about it. Because they he didn't understand how light was traveling. And so he thought it was traveling on a wave and he called that wave ether. Okay. 
So I'll send you the information. I think I have your email if you want it. If you'd like to nerd out to science, which I do, I like to nerd out to this kind of stuff. Now, really what's cool, so here's the deal. So I want to just kind of go forward. So now we're talking about what is time. And this has been the biggest, and I actually do workshops on time because time is the biggest key to understanding how we operate our life, right? Because we experience time, but nobody knows really what it is. They can't explain it, only that it travels forward. And they're like, well, maybe we can move backward, okay? Maybe we can move backward in time now. Well, they don't know how, and maybe people have. I don't know. There's all these theories that people are time travelers, and I don't know. Okay, fine, maybe they are. I have no clue. I can say I've gone back in time in my mind, and maybe I have connected with my younger self, right, through certain means. But physically, we don't go backwards in time. We get older. We don't get younger. We decay. Things move forward. And this is the big conundrum. Now, here's the thing. Time is relative. If we traveled at the speed of light, if we were to travel at the speed of light, everything would just slow down completely. But we're not able to travel at the speed of light. Why? Because as you travel, you pick up mass and you need more energy to keep up. And so we can never approach the speed of light. And so that was the issue, right? Is that we ourselves could never approach the speed of light. Okay. So what the hell does this all mean? And why do we care about it, right? Because that's me. I'm like, okay, here's why I love physics, quantum physics, because it bridges the gap between what's internal and what's external. The quantum world is our opportunity to re-bridge into science, that spiritual space, because they don't understand what's happening. You know, they're looking for God basically. I mean, science and religion are trying to answer the same thing at the same time. <laughs> religion is based on faith and science is based on proof, right? So we know that there's this really this separation, but now the proof is like, well, everything we thought was true in the quantum world is not true. So what's going on? And now we're starting to see that everything's interconnected, right? You have quantum entanglement where you have two particles and you guys know about quantum entanglement, I'm sure. It's very popular now. And so they're trying to say, well, how does time work in the quantum world? And there is no time. It's timeless, pretty much. Which is interesting because now how do they measure anything? They, it's really hard. Okay. So now what does that mean for time? Well, there's a guy that I started reading his book on physics about there is no time. And let me tell you what, it's an academic book. And that book, I started reading it and I'm like, okay, okay, I okay. And I had questions. I sent him e an email. He never responded to me, of course. <laughs> he probably thought my questions were stupid because, and maybe they, maybe he did or maybe he didn't. I don't know. But if we look within, now here's the deal. And this is where alchemy is badass. And here's where you yourself have access to this information without even doing quantum physics, without even having to take a class. The answers live within you. This is where we reach into the Akashic record, if you will, is that when you start to tap into your internal self, sacred geometry shows up. Now, I have sacred geometry that shows physics in action without me ever taking a physics class. Why? Because it's all interconnected. 
have models on what time is. And then when you go and you start doing this and you start researching it, it all adds up. No one taught it to me. I just pulled it in from the Akashic record or from whatever it is, that interconnected thing that we're all connected to. We have access to all this information internally. And then you can start to see your place in the world and how to operate your own life using your own sacred geometry. It's pretty powerful. Okay. And this is part of the things that they don't teach you in spiritual alchemy. Um, what they do, what I've noticed most um, spiritual alchemists are doing. I'm not going to say it's right, wrong, good or bad. I, there's a little bit of a trigger point on it for me. I'll be honest with you. Um, is that they do it through a Jungian analysis or archetypal patterning and they can't get out of that. I'm not here to analyze Jung. I don't, I mean, that's cool. That's awesome. He tapped into his alchemy, but I have my own alchemy that I'm tapping into. And I'll say the same for you. And I think even he said it. He didn't say, hey, analyze my alchemy. He said, go find your own. So tapping into your own alchemy to understand how you operate in the world, right? That becomes magic. Now, they don't teach us because why? Well, it's powerful. And if you do it wrong, you can really screw things up. But guess what? They've already done it really wrong. And they really don't care. And by they, I mean those elite people who use their alchemy, who created all the systems right now. And now we're seeing the consequences of the actions that they created. And it doesn't look good for us as a species. <laughs> doesn't look good at all. It's going to take alchemists. It's going to take people using their magic to recreate this new world. Now, we have individuals that are, um, you know, my friend was telling me about the truckers in Canada, which I don't even know. Like, she just tells me all this stuff. I don't, like I said, I don't watch the news. And she's funny because everything I tell her about what I do, she listens and she goes, and it makes sense to her. She starts looking at the world around her. And I said, yeah, this is, I can tell you what's going on in the world without having to watch the news. If you understand alchemy, and I can't press it enough, I keep telling her it's in alchemy, hoping that one day she'll read alchemy. <laughs> Maybe she won't. Maybe she'll be stuck in those conversations that aren't going to push us forward. And I guess the trucker, the guy in Canada, she said, was saying, you know, we need, is everybody with me? We need to recreate a new system. And, uh, and they're trying to have conversations. But the reality is they don't even realize they're under a curse. And they're going to reconstruct the same systems. It's going to take alchemy in order to deconstruct and reconstruct. That's what it was created from. The current systems we live under is an alchemic spell. That's what I'm going to call it, an alchemic spell, spiritual alchemic spell. And when you go back in history, you'll see the great people who influenced the systems were alchemists. Okay. We have um, these great, these people, um, the people that were taking high, you know, sitting on these seats were calling forth the alchemists. Go back in history, the philosophers, all these people were calling forth the alchemist. And now we see it rising. And here's the deal. How are they using alchemy? Most people are using alchemy through the lens of Carl Jung. Why? That's his alchemy. He created it. He was wrong, in my opinion, on a lot of things. You see, people don't know how to think for themselves. 
and and then they just go with what the historical people said without really saying well i don't think he's right here at least for me that doesn't apply even in my classes right like maslow's hierarchy of needs don't get me started on that because it irritates the shit out of me what they did to what i call the chakra system or what they took they took a system from the indigenous people and they put it in a patriarchal model pisses me off and in class we have students who don't know it because they don't know alchemy. And so you know what they say? They, oh, Maslow's hierarchy is great. I said, you know what? I think it sucks. <laughs> I don't say it this way, but I'm just going to be, you know, candid with you guys. I think it sucks. It triggers me. This guy just went and stole this stuff. And then he said it was his and it wasn't even his. It was information that was handed down in native ancient cultures. But guess what? He didn't just take the system. He screwed with the system. He made it his own and pretended that he founded something so miraculous and he didn't he screwed it up and he put his alchemy on it and you know what he did he put a symbol on it that's what alchemy does it's a symbols it's symbols he put a pyramid on it we can't get out of this pyramid structure everybody is so ingrained in the pyramid structure and that's the wrong structure that structure has destroyed the planet have you heard of the wild unknown archetypes deck? No, I haven't. I have not. That structure has really ripped apart everything that we, it, it, it's basically <clears throat> the reason why we're in this situation we're in. It's a pyramid. That's it. Part of it. A little part of it. But it's part of the alchemy, right? They use that symbol in everything. So you can go anywhere and see it everywhere. It's everywhere. That symbol created the systems and structures we're in. Now, here's the deal. People don't know how to live outside of that structure. They don't know how. They don't know how to recreate new structures. That's the issue right there. So we need alchemists. We need people who understand alchemy to come in and say, okay, here's a structure. Here's a model. Now, me, I'm trying to figure out where I fit into the dialogue. So part of me is like, you know, how do I support the the transition into something new and part of it is um going to um um it, part of it sorry i was like kind of reading what put is <coughs> it's going into a um dialogue with academia and that the reason why is because that's where they take things seriously is through academics all of the way that life is constructed is through academia. It is. And trust me, when you talk about alchemy and academia, they don't like it. They're like, mm -mm, they won't go there. <laughs> Unless you're a historian or something. But when it comes to psychology, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, sociology, all these things, alchemy is not big. And in fact, Carl Jung was afraid to talk about alchemy. He talks about it and that's why people use his stuff. We need to get out of that Jungian idea. I don't like, it's cool. I, I like what he said and I agree with a lot of what he said, but we, that doesn't mean that we just say, oh, he's the right way. He's not the right way. And he even said it himself. You know, we're living under Jungian art um, as well, uh, Jungian psychology right now. He went and stole, he came to Taos, in fact, where I live, to the Native Americans to learn. 
He took the information and then he created it on his own. Why? When we were in a perfectly healthy system prior to this. You see? This is the fall. And maybe it's supposed to be this way. That's the way the scripts were written, obviously. The, the, what do I want to say? The chemicals, the, the, this narrative was just there waiting to be leveraged and it has been, but now we need a new narrative. We need a new way to leverage what we know into something different. Okay. Um, it's by Kim Krabs, author Wild Unknown, the book she has that accompanies the deck says she became, she came up with a Twitter archetype and consistently creating more and says we're always flowing through them and maybe more. Yeah. She's probably a Jungian analysis. Because archetypal patterning came from Jung, Carl Jung. He's the one who coined the term. But we've got, I, what I'm saying is we've got to get out of that. We've got to get out of the archetypal understanding too. It's okay to use archetypes. And, and a lot of people are, are about the archetypes. And it's funny because I had a conversation with a professor about archetypes. And he's like, yeah, everybody's about archetypes. I'm like, yeah, I'm not really. But why is it not big in psychology? Um, I read Jungian's work um, has been long seizures since I uh um years ago but I find it interesting yeah I haven't used the deck yet oh that's cool I love it though she has 78 cards in the deck right but she strays from the traditional definition awesome morning that's awesome um yeah that's cool and I'd love for you to do a reading on here sometime that would be great um for everybody I want you to come on and do a reading maybe tomorrow if you're interested <laughs> psychology is pretty of the system of that is broken wouldn't need it if things were as they should be. Um, let's see. Part of the system. Okay. I know the typing. Okay. Let's take a look. You said, why isn't it in psychology? Um, it's not anywhere. And the reason it's not is because alchemy is, the pow is powerful. Anybody who's looking, and I can't stress this enough, you guys. I keep saying it over and over and over and over and over and over again. I keep trying to like hit to people. This, If you want to understand where you're at, what's going on in the world, how to create all this stuff, focus on spiritual alchemy. Start reading about it. Start understanding it. You, It's okay to focus on this other stuff, but when you understand spiritual alchemy, you understand everything else. Because alchemy is the process of creativity. And we live in a creative universe. If you looked at the beginning, you can go from literally any subject to subject to subject to subject. People are like, I'm lost when sometimes when you're on your spirit and coffee, I get lost. You're all over the place. I'm like, I'm not. Everything's interconnected. Someone will ask me a question and I'm like, are you ready for a lecture? Because it's going to take a long time to answer. There's not a short answer. Why? Because everything's interconnected. And you start to understand and your neural, it's what happens is your neural pathways start to interconnect everything as well. You see a bigger, broader perspective. Now, you could say spiritual alchemy, and I think they're going to equate. And what I'm going to try to do, this is kind of my little tricksy way of getting things in, is put it under consciousness. You know? So consciousness studies would say, okay, go ahead and put alchemy. For instance, when I go into my PhD program, part of one of the, the chapters will be on alchemy. I will put that in there, but guess what? It's going to be probably, it could be controversial. 
you start talking about spiritual alchemy and you get in trouble. There's people in history who were in trouble for they they had to hide it. They had to hide it. And now we're at a place where alchemy, you're going to start seeing this word more if you guys haven't already. My thing is be very careful who you follow. Find out what alchemy they're using because they may be using their own spells and magic. And you start to see that people are starting to wake up to their magic, to their power. And it can be very, not scary, but it can be very manipulative if you don't know what you're under or what you're doing. <laughs> Why would it be controversial? I just said, because alchemy creates, it's magic. You want to do magic? That's what alchemy is. M magic and sorcery, actually. So manipulation, if you use it for manipulation, it's, it's actually um, sorcery. And if you use it for the greater good, it's magic. So you use alchemy as magic. That's basically what it is. It's magic. And it actually has an impact greater than we can understand. What we're living under, again, I'm going to stress it again, we're living under an alchemic spell, a spiritual alchemic spell. Sorcery and treason at the highest order of humanity. And if I could, I would sit all those individuals who know that they're doing it and tell them, you guys get to go to jail, <laughs> right? They put people in jail for doing these crimes, yet they've done the greatest disservice to humanity. And we see it. Look at what we've done to our forests and all that. That's, it was all an alchemical, and then they justify it through their systems. Well, it was a corporation. That's not a human being. So how can they take responsibility? Now, we, do, we can look at the Bible. What did the Bible say? Don't breathe life into a dead entity. Well, corporations are dead entities, and we operate them as though they're human. They're not human. And then they justify, right? all of their stuff, they justify it through the corporation and then they have no liability. Well, I didn't do it. it. Wasn't me. And they can hide out. They created these structures purposefully. Go back in history, Knights of Templar, all these things were orders were alchem they were alchemists. And they created orders. The Freemason, alchemists. All of them you, if you know this information, okay, okay, if you know this information, you know how to apply it, you become a threat. And God knows they don't want a threat or they're afraid it's going to end up in the wrong hands. It already has ended up in the wrong hands. What are they talking about? Look at Israel Regardi, um, and who was his homie's, what was his homie's name? I can't think of his name. He did the the um, the tarot. He changed in the tarot. He changed the eight and the eleven, so he changed it. And I've always been in controversy about was he right by changing those two tarot cards, right? I believe magic is unnecessary. You have to mine the earth for minerals. Prayer in the proper form works miracles. You have to. No, we don't have to mine anything. We don't have to mine anything. What do, what do we need minerals for? We don't have to mine minerals. We just eat plants and we can live and survive and thrive without it. There's whole uh, tribes that do that. So I'm not sure what you mean by that. At least America, you can learn about alchemy 
Other places, not so much. So let's see here. Um, yeah, you may believe magic's unnecessary, but we're under magic right now. So even if you think it's unnecessary, we're living under a spell. And in order to break it, we need to understand it. You can't deny it. It's a fact. Knights Templar, Freemasons, all these declarations, all of these symbols we're living under, you're living in it. And we can't see it. It's okay. Here's a better way to look at it. Yes, everything is magic. There you go. Thanks, Poetic. Here, um, we have been subconsciously programmed since childhood. Yes. Okay. Here's the deal. And I love it because my, th <laughs> my therapist said this because I was telling her about what I was doing. I'm like, here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm going to do for my PhD. It's uh, not a good spell. Mind over things like Jesus. Yeah. Um, she said, because I was telling her about the alchemy, she goes, okay. And I was talking about white supremacy and she goes, okay, it's like this. White supremacy is not the sharks, it's the ocean. Do you see? We can't see above it. That's the, and, and it dry, it, it's, I, I'm sorry, I get very passionate about this, right? Thoughts, feelings, everything. Yes, proper thinking, right? We use spelling, right? Thanks, Poetic. She's like, let me chime in here. Spelling, right? Well, what is spell? Spelling. When we speak, we're spelling. It's a bunch of words put together to create something. It is a spell and it is magic. You're absolutely correct. Okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> we can't we can't see above it. That's the thing. Right now we're in it. We're in it and we can't see above it. We can only see what we can see. We're stuck in it. Yes. There you go. We all are. Even myself. And what I'm doing is I can see it for what it is. So I'm saying, how do we re, how do we deconstruct and recreate? How do we create a new ocean? Or how do we create a ripple effect? How do we, how do we shake it up? Yes, we are a part of this ocean. Yes. And we're under that spell. And it has to be broken. We need to break the spell and reconstruct it. And alchemy is the way to do that. That's what, because that's what created it. You see, we need to reintegrate what was taken out. Then all they did, here's the deal. Make it very, 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 very simple. Okay. What they did is they just took a piece out. That's it. And when they took that piece out, they made, they glorified one piece and they made the other piece wrong. Separation, right? That's where we get this idea of separation. So the wrong the evil, the bad, and then we have the good. And the good was this new way of looking at it while they took all of this stuff out. What did they take out? The sacred feminine. It's very simple. They took out the sacred feminine. Now, what do we need to do? We need to reintegrate, not take out the sacred masculine and put in the sacred feminine. No, that's the same shit. We've got to reintegrate and consummate and put two together. If we can do that, and if we can restructure and reintegrate and heal the piece that was taken out, it really, that's all it's going to take. Yes, and we have a new worldview. 
um, it's integral. Uh, it's a paradigm shift into integral, but our living system. So you guys can look into those those paradigms if you want to. Just go look look it up. It's a uh, uh, living systems or integration or integral practices where they're teaching people to reintegrate emotions and reintegrate all these things that were taken out. Right? They were it was extracted, and it and that's exactly what white supremacy is: extraction. It extracts. And then it sells sells it right back to you. It's extraction. It's not about white color. It's not about people. It's not about that. Okay. It's white supremacy is something different. It's a it's it's a pattern that has been generated at the macrocosm even. And and it was leveraged, okay, in a specific way. This is not something new. They had prophesized this would happen. If you go back to native cultures, they prophesized this. They knew it was going to happen. They understood because they too were uh, spiritual alchemists. They understood what was to come. Now, we can understand what we can do and what is to come if we work together and understand alchemy. And rise above the conversation. It's really not, it's really difficult for a lot of people. It really is. It really is. And that's okay. That's why I, that's why I teach. And there's other people I'm sure teaching. I don't know who else is teaching, but I'm sure other people are teaching. Uh, a big thing that they're teaching in science, right, is how we are interconnected to everything. And um, I've been seeing a lot of this where they show us as a tiny little speck and then they go out to the cosmos and how it looks in the, you know the galaxies and we keep going out we see how we're a part of this bigger piece of it's almost like a fractal right you can see it looks like a fractal when we we come in and zoom in and out into the tiniest part of, of matter and they use the orbus to kind of depict it so they're using alchemy you're going to see that alchemy is going to be used to try to reconstruct the systems so you're going to see it everywhere the orbis Right, the scientists used actual alchemy, the symbol of the snake eating its tail, to show how um, the biggest particle to the tiniest particle exists. Okay, they showed the scale, the smallest to the the biggest, and you you can see it. Just go online. I can't even. I have all of these, you know, references and stuff like that. But if you go, you'll see it. And it's pretty awesome. But you're going to see when you go back to the Orbis, it's a spiritual alchemic. It's it's an actual alchemic symbol. They use these symbols to create spells, to show, to depict. Okay, I'm getting very passionate. I just want you guys to know it's alchemy. And I want you guys to read on alchemy. <laughs> and when you understand it, that everything just starts falling in place. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. And I will say this, the greatest, this is a personal opinion. If you want to understand the greatest, one of the greatest, I'll say one of the greatest, I would say the greatest, alchemic, spiritual alchemic processes that was ever created by man, the greatest magic that was ever created by man is Kung Fu. That system is your body in motion using spiritual alchemy. It, it's alchemy in motion. And if you look at Tai Chi, 
even my professors agree the tai chi the yin yang came from tai chi that is the symbol of yin yang is tai chi and people don't know this okay i'm in kung fu um and our our lineage of kung fu came directly from the shaolin temple in china and if you ever want to see a great movie watch the tai chi master it'll show you why it's the most powerful deadliest form of kung fu there is people don't know that they think that tai chi is just about this slow meditative thing it's not it's called the grand ultimate fist and here's why because they recognize the force of nature and that we didn't have to put force on force that we could redirect force and gain more momentum and more force and it becomes deadlier when you know how to use that force in motion they already had a system you see the yin yang of the force that we can redirect and refocus back into other energy potentials. So the yin yang um, symbol is probably one of the most powerful symbols that we have today. And that's alchemy. It's a symbol. It tells us that there's this energy force that exists within everything and we can redirect it and move it. We do something called sticky hand sparring. Sticky hand sparring is not about blocking, right? The Karate Kid is a great example. Karate Kid wasn't about karate. It was actually about Kung Fu. Because in karate, you block, but in Kung Fu, you don't. Well, in I wouldn't say in Kung Fu, you don't. In Tai Chi, you don't. There's no blocking. You redirect. So the Tai Chi masters were the most feared because they knew how to avoid and they knew how to redirect energy and use your energy against you that is alchemy in motion that is a proper way in my personal opinion to utilize alchemy there was no benefit gain except for the benefit of living a healthy long life you see we don't need to take min minerals out they didn't take minerals out they honored the earth they were plant-based people and they ate plants and all they did was study their kung fu all day that's what they did so you want to look at a system that's pretty amazing look at that system go read about kung fu go look into it it's powerful it's beautiful they 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 emulated the the creatures of the earth they watched they observed they looked at the birds they said oh wow look those two are getting into a fight who's gonna win and then they they applied it to their own life and they said ah oh, how can we be like a crane how can we be like a mantis how can we be and then you have a, like a tiger how can i and why and guess what in that system they got healthier and healthier and healthier as they got older and older and older bone density went up all these things it's just crazy wooden man all these things that they've done there's already systems in place you see but we bastardized the alchemy and we created guns and all these other things nuclear force whatever it is okay so there you go um i will continue reading um and i think the story continues to go but do your research um again freedom if you want um I know I have your information, I think, 
but I'll send you this stuff about the ether, but go read up. Make sure that the stuff that you're reading is coming from science. Um, no, I'm not saying you're not. It's just sometimes people, it's crazy because people, like my friend, she watches TikTok. She gets her information from TikTok. I'm like, and then I go read these articles. I'm like, you're wrong. It's not like that, right? Don't just take it what somebody says, even what I say, right? Go read it for yourself. If I'm incorrect about something, I will say, oh, okay. Thank you for showing me. If you have information, send it to me. I'll read it. I don't have the way. I don't, I'm not right. <laughs> I'm curious, right? I'm always the one who's like, well, what else can we learn? What else is new? How do we apply this to our life? Remember, this is spiritual alchemy, practical use of esoteric wisdom. This is not spiritual alchemy. Natalie is right and follow what she says. That's not at all what it says. It's practical use <clears throat> and it's spiritual alchemy, which is that mind is open to different ways. So yeah, so send it to me because the spiritual literature was created from the science first. Send it to me, but I would love to read it. Maybe Newton was, um, um, well, he coined the term. That's what I know. Anyway, send it to me. I don't mind looking at it. See how it could be applied to our life. Because if it can be applied, it's something good. Okay. Anyway, so there you have it. Um, have a great, magnetic, magical, mystical, marvelous Monday ever. Um, poetic. If you want, if you're going to be on here tomorrow, I'd like to have you call in and you could do a reading. I would love to have that. I think it would be awesome. So let me know if you're down for that. And, um, and I love you guys and have the most amazing day ever. And I will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye.